Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from Western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Class is in session, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university a Grandmaster Alchemist, Wim de Ert, one of the lead developers of the tabletop map creation software and one of the founders of Blue Jay Design Consultancy, to talk about their program and what magics they use to create it. So welcome, Wim. Uh, so good to have you on to talk about your fantastic Dungeon Alchemist program. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the welcome and the, the kind words. Uh, it's always <laughs> great to hear people enjoying our software. Before we dive deep into the dungeon itself, the program, um, I want to get an idea of kind of your background in nerd, nerd stuff. Like, how did you get into tabletop RPGs or just RPGs in general? Well, that's kind of a long-winded <laughs> question, but, uh, uh, well, <laughs> I, I was told there'd be an hour to discuss, so here it goes. Uh, I've, I've been playing for, I think, uh, around and about 40 years now. <laughs> uh, the, the, the very first introduction to uh, tabletop and RPG gaming was... Uh, well, I'm not sure whether you have uh, the exact same uh, holiday in, in uh, the U.S., but I, I think it's it's comparable to Santa Claus. We got this Dutch and Belgian thing over here, which is called Sinterklaas, okay. which is uh, which is an evening when uh, a saint brings you presents. Uh, well, brings the kids presents. And uh, on on one of those evenings back in 1987, uh, Saint Nicholas brought us uh, Hero Quest, the board game, which which was then in uh, the the very original state mm-hmm. and. It was uh, something of a board game, the likes of which we've never seen before. Uh, until then, it, it was all uh, the game of Live and Monopoly, and, and anything other than that was was simply unheard of or unspoken for. So uh, the, the the first uh, introduction to Hero Quest was was one of the, the big revelations to me as as a well as a future RPG player at that point in time. <laughs> So we, we basically uh, ruined the entire board game for years and years of, of playing. And uh, a couple of years later, uh, the, the very first full-fledged RPG uh, came true as, as being uh, ElfQuest. I'm, I'm not sure whether you're familiar with the comic books. I'm not. Uh, well, Elf, ElfQuest was uh, this uh, wonderful comic series drawn by uh, Richard and Wendy Pini. Uh, which which featured an entire universe uh, of, of elves in, in uh, constant battle and conflict with uh, with humans and trolls, and uh, they uh, decided to branch out to an RPG system. Uh, all, all of this was was prior to um, meeting Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and the mm-hmm. likes. So it it was a great system to start playing and have this first introduction uh, to to the world of role playing games. Uh, then uh, when we're talking uh, 2004, uh, when when I started uh, coming together with a with a solid group of friends uh, to start playing Pathfinder and uh, Dungeons and Dragons at first, and that's what I've been doing for the past 20 years now. It seems. Oh wow! 
Bang bang runs fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Especially as you get older, it just keeps getting faster and faster. It it feels like that's so cool. So I, when you mentioned Hero Quest, I have memories. My brother got it. My older brother had picked it up and would play it. So I, I have memories of the box and everything. You must have been pretty excited when they announced that they were re bringing back Hero Quest. Did you pick up the yeah, the okay. re release? I, I, I thought that was amazing. I didn't manage to pick it up yet, but uh, I've definitely <laughs> been considering it. Uh, well, if if any reason, it's, it's probably for a complete and utter lack of time nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like you you and the rest of the team are have been incredibly busy uh, keeping track and keeping up with all the updates that you all have been doing with, with Dungeon Alchemist has been incredibly impressive. So what caused you to make that jump from player to I want to develop this this map creation software. And I, I guess before we even get there, briefly tell the listeners and folks, what is Dungeon Alchemist? Like, what is this program that you've built? Yeah, for, for those uh, unfamiliar with Dungeon Alchemist, uh, what we're basically building is a uh, uh, an AI-powered version of a, a map-making tool. Uh, so basically, you, you choose a background, for example, uh, soon to be a, a desert or a jungle or a, a dark parchment. Uh, you drag a couple of rooms, and the AI fills those rooms with, with furniture, tables, uh, walls, lights, doors, everything in uh, a more or less logical place. Uh, so we're, we're basically taking the grunt work out of map-making, and, uh, well, the, the results can be visited online. Uh, DungeonAlchemist.com has, has a lot of information on the subject. Uh, and, uh, well, the, the general idea is to get uh, professional map making uh, into the hands of those people that aren't professional map makers. <laughs> uh, nearly, nearly everything in Dungeon Alchemist is adjustable. So, for example, if you want to draw up a quick tavern and you want to change out a cupboard for another cupboard or move a table or put in a barrel or something else completely, all of that is possible with Dungeon Alchemist. Like you mentioned, it's so easy and intuitive to use. For a campaign that I'm running right now, I used it to make basically train cars like it's a murder mystery kind of on a train so i use that was my first dive into using the program after it launched in early access back in march um mm -hmm. was to create train cars and it was so easy and being able to adjust things after it it was everything was put down was super super easy to to do so kudos and bravo to you and the rest of the team for making such an easy to use program. Thank you. Uh, I think I think Dungeon Alchemist was in no small amount born out of frustration <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with current available means and tools. Uh, one one thing that that struck us before we created Dungeon Alchemist was how horribly complicated it was to to use software for exactly that function. And and how how difficult it was to get a decent quality print for your maps. So mm -hmm. all of all of that led us to to make something ourselves. That's cool. So that was the the start. The seed was just to make something easy to use. So that was kind of what blossomed into what would become Dungeon Alchemist. 
Yeah, we, we started out with a, with a map making concept uh, for for just uh, dungeons um, because that is that is what most uh, dungeon masters usually use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then when the the project started growing and in no small amount due to the, the successful Kickstarter, we started branching out to more and more functions and more and more options because it it was rather clear from the start that. Uh, that there was a lot of potential for growth and for for different ways of using it. So we, we started branching out in, in all those directions, more <laughs> or less at the same time. And, and now now Dungeon Alchemist is, is a bit more than just uh, an AI-powered dungeon drawing tool. Yeah, there's the environment resources, and I just noticed recently that you have brushes that make the, like, painting and putting down trees and other environmental assets easier and it's just like i i i always get so excited when i see the patch notes for these things but you brought up the kickstarter so you guys went to kickstarter to try and get funded for to build this you were asking for forty five thousand euros was it correct that's correct and according to the kickstarter page your project was funded in three hours and you ended up by the when all was said and done you ended up with close to 2.5 million euros. How, what was the re, what was that like for you and the, the team seeing so much desire for this idea you had? Uh, well, it, it was absolute madness. Uh, <laughs> we, we not, not only did we set out for 45,000 euros, which we thought was a reasonable, albeit low amount to get these things done, uh, but we, we had prepared for, uh, a month of not reaching much more than 45,000 euros. Uh, if, if you're familiar with the Kickstarter concept, uh, to, mm-hmm. to get things going, uh, people people use stretch goals, uh, which which allows for additional content to be built onto the to the main platform. And uh, of course, we've we've reached all those stretch goals in the first <laughs> four or five hours. <laughs> <laughs> which which was uh, kind of kind of uh, harrowing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I bet. Uh, because uh, uh, nearly everything had to be created on the fly, uh, which left us with some uh, rather original uh, <laughs> concepts <laughs> for the strings. <laughs> <laughs> for for sheer necessity of it, uh, but of, of course it's it's wonderful to see the community come together with uh, what what seemed to be an original idea at the time, uh, which which kind of took me by surprise as well because I, I figured there there were options there, but mm-hmm. I, I did not foresee people taking uh, it it thus far as as they had taken it eventually. Uh, apparently, we gave an industry that had been more or less stagnant for the last uh, 20 years. Uh, so some sort of a wake-up call, and uh, a lot of people in the industry started seeing potential that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there have been a, a lot of uh, alternative map-making tools out there since yeah. they launched Dungeon Alchemist. And uh, it, it's wonderful to see this, this inspiration in, in all these people. So what was your original stretch limit like what had you topped off at or the the most expensive stretch goal when you first launched before you saw how crazy this the whole thing was getting i, th- I think we uh we were prepared to go up to sixty thousand euros at the time 
so, <laughs> so just, yeah, a little. You had to just come up with a few new stretch goals, is what you're saying. Then. Yeah, that is that is the thing. Um, well, uh, people often ask us, especially in the early period, uh, who was who was doing the socials and who was doing the design and who was doing the development, and there, there was just two people of us there, uh, which which uh, may make things the the utter madness I described before. <laughs> Uh, uh, 56,000 people, because that's the amount of backers we eventually had, uh, can ask a lot, a lot of questions. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so, uh, and answering everything, keeping on top, uh, and, and getting the, the new stretch goals in place with some sort of a, a visual to show, uh, was, was kind of a crush. Uh, there's, there's no denying that. I, I, I can imagine. I, actually, I can imagine expecting and having goals up to 60,000 only to nearly well you did quadruple that so in so quickly it's i can't even imagine how both excited and terrifying it must have been watching the numbers go up and realizing holy crap i need to we need to think of think of more stuff <laughs> well, uh, the, the, the good thing about it is because uh, from the very start, we promised uh, people a lifetime access to Dungeon Alchemist. We, we always envisioned uh, Dungeon Alchemist to be some sort of a basic platform with a lot of features on, on which to build. Uh, so we, we definitely plan on having that platform be available to everyone that ever purchased the platform and then simply start adding more content and more features. Uh, well, the the fact that it became that successful is is uh, is very lucky in that regard because if we didn't have the budget to uh, keep the the lifetime access uh, feasible, we mm-hmm. would have had some sort of a problem. <laughs> yeah. It, so after everything started coming in, and you realized that you had a, a really popular program and idea behind you. How fast did you have to kind of staff up and what what's kind of the size of you your guys's team now putting together all the different resources and assets and environment packs like how many people are work are you working with now uh, well, we, we uh, mostly employ freelancers, mm-hmm. uh, but what we do uh, at this point in time is we, we've got one person uh, that started uh, a couple of days ago for us uh, full time. As, as an asset creator. Uh, and then we have uh, someone doing administration. So there's a total of four people in our team now. And then we have uh, some, some very, uh, some, well, some, some asset creators that, that are, are really high quality, mm-hmm. uh, which we enjoy working with as, as freelancers. Oh, very so cool. All, all in all, uh, seven, eight people. Wow. Very impressive. Yeah. Just the amount of assets that get spawned. Um, that the the AI pulls from is incredibly impressive, and to have um, that few asset creators creating such high quality and such such numerous amounts of assets is incredibly impressive. So bravo to to all of them as well. Thank you. Uh, well, one thing uh, we were concerned about uh, from from the start is intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to steer clear from using other people's assets or having assets overlap with, with other major platforms. Mm-hmm. So we decided very early on to create everything you see in Dungeon Alchemist ourselves. 
also because well uh one one thing we notice is people want to draw maps but they want to draw huge huge maps <laughs> uh and in order to keep everything up and running as smoothly as possible it, it was uh, very necessary to optimize wherever we could mm-hmm. so Basically, we we employ some sort of a, a low poly style with a, a magic mm-hmm. realism that is is very hard to locate in third party assets. So, well, the the good thing is that we can now create the assets we want at at the size and the the performance we we'd like them to have. That's cool. So, are what platform are you guys using for this Unreal Unity? Uh, this is this is uh, entirely created inside Unity. Oh, it's so impressive that it coming. So I went to school for game design and 3D modeling myself. So back when I was going through all that, Unity was still very much a bit of a a fledging program. And it was kind of the running joke that you can tell when a game is made in Unity. But with the the open source nature of it, seeing how far Unity has progressed, it's so impressive to see what people can make with the with that engine nowadays like this one i would have never been able to tell or think that it would be made with unity it's it's so well done yeah and as as for why unity was chosen that is something you have to ask my part uh carl is, is doing most of the the program development itself and, and the software. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you'll, you'll have to ask him uh, as to why Unity and not Unreal, but I'm, I'm sure he has very, very profound reasons for choosing <laughs> that one. So how long had you guys been working on Dungeon Alchemist prior to launching the Kickstarter? Uh, I think uh, we were six months in from the from the very start when we started the Kickstarter. Uh, originally, we we uh, worked under the name of Blacktooth, mm-hmm. uh, which which was the original name for the project, and it wasn't much more than having have a simple generator uh, generate rooms and beds. That, that was basically <laughs> it, and uh, that was the original pitch for Dungeon Alchemist as well. Uh, and then we started working towards the Kickstarter, building out our socials and the likes. We we have a very active Discord nowadays. Uh, with with about twenty six thousand users, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I checked. And uh, what we did do was uh, have a subscription mailing list prior to launching the Kickstarter, which gave us a, a very uh, good idea of, of who was interested and how mm-hmm. to reach those people prior. Oh, that's cool. So, do you you were developing this like you jumped on and started working on this really? early on in the pandemic, do you feel that because of the isolation aspect and not being able to play in person as much due to the lockdowns and what have you, do you think had the pandemic and all those issues with meeting in person not happened that you would have pursued this this map creation software? Uh, well, to be to be honest, uh, we we started out in in uh, for for Dungeon Alchemist as a as a map creation tool, and the original goal was has always been print. Uh, we wanted to make our prints fit in a standard size paper, so people could print them at home or take them to a copy shop without too much hassle. So uh, the, the printing of the maps was the the very main first focus. 
Uh, it, it's only after the original pitch that we started uh, thinking about the concept of integrating with the, the online VTTs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, it's it's very handy that <laughs> Dungeon Alchemist uh, takes along walls and doors and lights and whatnot. So uh, configuration is, is much, much easier than doing it by hand in those VTTs. And I, I think people took to that. And uh, the fact that uh, a lot of online campaigns were starting to use VTTs because of the pandemic really helped in that regard as well. Yeah. So what's been... When you want to, and for listeners who might not be aware, VTT stands for Virtual Tabletop. Your platforms like Roll20, Foundry, and and whatnot. Mm -hmm. What's it been like? So when you, let's say, wanted to get some sort of connection or make your Dungeon Alchemist maps compatible with Roll20, let's say, did you approach them or did they see kind of how popular the Kickstarter and everything had become and did they, or did the did they reach out to you for that connectivity? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into detail for every single VTT. For sure. uh, but for example, uh, the people over at Foundry VTT are, are people we've been in contact with from the from the very start. They've always been very welcoming and, and very open to communication. And of course, integration is, is so much easier <laughs> when when both parties get along. Uh, so yeah, we were in contact uh, rather early on. What's the main premise when you want to bring over something from Dungeon Alchemist? Do you have like, okay, if we want to work with this VTT, we want to make sure that players that use Dungeon Alchemist will have XYZ features when they bring it over, or is it just, as long as they can upload the image, like what features from Dungeon Alchemist is almost, do you prioritize in these connect connections with the VTTs? Well, uh, it, it kind of depends on what the VTT can handle. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I thought we'd be at a point where a full-fledged VTT that can import every single feature from Dungeon Alchemist would be right around the corner. <laughs> but I was, I was slightly too optimistic in that regard. Uh, the, the very baseline, of course, is importing uh, a static map with a grid. Mm-hmm. That is, that is the, the, the very baseline of what should be possible. Then everything that builds on top is a plus. Uh, walls are, are the very first uh, priority then, because those walls can be used for the lines of sight and fog of war, which uh, a lot of VTTs offer at this point in time, mm-hmm. and which, which is a definite plus. Uh, we recently uh, allowed for uh, constructions to have rounded walls, and those immediately adapt to uh, the the, fo- uh, the line of sight as well, which which is a plus. And then, of course, uh, things like uh, opening and closing doors are, are very fun to do in, in a VTT, and that is something that Dungeon Alchemist offers as well. Uh, well, basically, every every single feature they can integrate is something we we'd like to see. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the. Um, that ideal, like perfect virtual tabletop program to exist. Uh, like even with the growth of virtual, like virtual reality tech, like with the the Oculus Quest and the Vives Ooh. and whatnot, I can't wait to see a VTT allow me to like take the buildings made in Dungeon Alchemist and throw them in a virtual world and be able to walk around these 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 rooms, these buildings. Um, in a in a virtual world, that that'll be very cool. 
Well, we, we, we did a proof of concept uh, a while ago where uh, you can switch to first-person view in uh, Dungeon Alchemist. Oh, that's cool. And that is likely a feature that will be coming up in the, the future. Oh, very uh, so Basically, you, you just jump into your map, so <laughs> to speak. Uh, that, that is something that can be found on our Twitter account where there is a, a video of the proof of concept. Nothing, nothing too fancy yet, but it gives a basic idea of what... Uh, what that would be mm-hmm. like that well i will have to check that out um so let's jump back to the kickstarter so the kickstarter was successful you had tons of backers a lot of hype and excitement behind it then you went into basically a, a closed beta kind of period or for backers or something or backers could access in development builds at some point correct Yep, that is completely correct. Uh, we did we did that. Uh, well, a usual beta is for a, a couple of thousand users. Mm-hmm. I think we had uh, thirty two thousand users jumping on the beta, uh, which which was another period of madness <laughs> because all <laughs> these people could submit bug reports and uh, every every single bug came in a thousand fold. So uh, there's that, but it was it was a, a very fun period seeing other people interact uh, with Dungeon Alchemist because up until then, of course, it had, it had only been us two, mm-hmm. and and bringing it out into the open and having all those people interact with it was was a lot of fun. People on the the Discord server starting building uh, started building churches made entirely out of cheese and whatnot. <laughs> uh, there was a a huge and, and very pleasant uh, period of exploration and unbridled creativity. What during that period of the um, the creativity and everyone getting it, or so many more people getting their eyes on it and getting to try it out? What surprised you the most, or what weren't you expecting? Once again, I think the church made of cheese was a <laughs> definite <laughs> surprise to me as to me as well. Uh, I, I think uh, people people started uh, figuring out ways of, of abusing and using the, the program. I hadn't I hadn't thought of myself. That was not completely unexpected because I was kind of hoping for them to do that. But it, it's it's wonderful to see people interacting that way. Uh, is the cheese church an example of people finding ways to break or work with the program in unintended ways or is there another one that stands out to you oh absolutely uh, the cheese for some reason they took to the cheese wheel uh to uh overwrite our scaling uh possibilities where they started uh, scaling and rotating stuff on a cheese wheel then <laughs> scaling it again on a different cheese wheel and, and simply breaking the program or stacking thousands of cutting boards on top of each other, duplicating the piles, <laughs> making, well, break, breaking the the program in every single possible way. <laughs> wow. Uh, do you have pictures of that at all still? Or yeah, they, they, is that still up there? They, they, they probably float around on the Discord server, uh, but retrieving them may be uh, a huge endeavor. <laughs> I think, so, I think by searching on the change of cheese, there definitely ought to pop something. <laughs> uh, I will have to do that after this, uh, after we, after our discussion and our chat to, to find the cheese church. Um, were there any features or uh, suggestions made by the community during this time that you were, it's like, why didn't we think of that? Or 
like, yeah, we can implement that. Were there any things like that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the fun part uh, of having a Discord server is that you get to listen to people's suggestions and having them uh, post post real time feedback to your product, and uh, we ran an active list of pe- uh, things people wanted to see, such as objects, themes, features, and where, mm-hmm. whenever whenever something popped up that we thought like okay this this has merit and this this would be a, a bonus to the application, we tried to get it in as as fast as we could. Uh, one one thing I did in particular uh, was for those people that helped out on the Discord. Have been uh, making exclusive assets. Uh, simple. Well, our, our Discord is uh, is moderated by moderators. All those people mm-hmm. are are working there uh, completely voluntarily, and it's it's a lot of work. So the the least we could do was uh, having them have something that was entirely theirs. Uh, oh, how cool! Yeah, for for example, one one of the users uh, was uh, using the Discord name Octopi, and we made a, a side table in solid gold of an octopus featuring uh, a pie stand, and those <laughs> kind, of, kind of things are, are fun to do. Oh, what a what a cool way to give back to the community that's risen up, and your moderators and people that are incredibly active and and help out that that that's very cool yeah we, we uh, seek to do we seek to do more of that in the future our discord has always been a a, a platform where we interact with everyone using dungeon alchemist and things like mm-hmm. contests and uh, object giveaways are, are definitely on the radar for a future uh period so well that sounds very cool i'll have to keep my eyes open on it so after you had your beta and your closed beta with your backers and everything. And then just a few months ago, back on March 31st of this year, 2022, you went into early access for on Steam. So anyone could kind of jump in and get their feet wet with Dungeon Alchemist. What's been your reception uh, from Steam in general or like the Steam community coming in? Uh, well, uh, as, as usual, Carl is uh, more actively following Steam reception than, than I am because whenever I log into Steam, I only see those pages <laughs> not available to the public. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not tracking that as, as hard as I probably should be. Uh, but up until now, uh, our, our feedback is uh, overwhelmingly positive, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least mostly positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I think we're good there. Uh, people people seem to be responding in a in a very nice and and well and and open way. So uh, yeah, there's there's that. I, I think our, our Steam launch was uh, more or less what what we hoped it to be. It's been so interesting to see, especially over the course of the pandemic and everything, the rise in. DM or like dungeon master or game master digital tools and or maybe they just be been pushed to the forefront. What's kind of been your view? I guess prior to working on Dungeon Alchemist, did you ever use many uh DM tools or or whatnot that are available online or um, were you strictly booking in person? Uh, not, not as such. I, I was a I was a user of Roll Twenty uh, for a, mm-hmm. an online tabletop, but that more or less uh, covers it. So whenever I I drew maps, uh, <laughs> I, I used to do them by hand. Uh, I, I've got a, a Pathfinder map of the planes floating out there somewhere. 
<laughs> because it was it was hard to track down a decent map of the place. <laughs> uh, but, but usually when I, when I did that kind of thing, it, it was, uh, it was made by hand and not so much by software. Oh, well, it's, it, you gotta know the, the fundamentals, right? You have to have the idea. Um, and you have just applied a, a wonderful tool to make things, make it, make beautiful maps and, and whatnot for people to play with. But as a, as a long time tabletop RPG player, what's kind of been your, thoughts and view on this incredible bloom in kind of an explosion the past five or so years in the tabletop space well uh there there are a lot of arguments there uh one one thing we we heard a lot of uh in the case of during the kickstarter period uh was was the the theater of mind uh where, where people have this this concept that uh, they they want to imagine stuff and everything uh, you do uh, online or, or you create digitally uh, detracts from that theater of the mind because fantasy is mm-hmm. not not so much of a factor in that. Um, I, I think it's important to realize that uh, when when we're making something like Dungeon Alchemist, our, our main uh, our, our main goal is to inspire people. Is is to uh, create options for those people that would blankly stare at a canvas and not know where to go. Mm, we, we, we use the AI in that regard as well, because uh, when, when you start uh, creating an environment, uh, you usually start referring to, to the exact same things over and over again. And the, the fact that the AI pushes it a bit further and gives you the initial boost uh, to start up your fantasy, I, th- I think can be a major plus. Uh, so I, I think I think uh, the digital tools we're using, and that's not only for Dungeon Alchemist, but for all digital tools in the, the game world, uh, ought to be an expansion of those those real life and and physical things like printed maps and and uh, mm-hmm. coming together as as a group. Yeah, one of the thing what I think I appreciate most, specifically with Dungeon Alchemist, is so I. I'm both a player in one game and then a dungeon master in another. And so much for like with good dungeon masters and well, just dungeon masters in general, so much planning goes into making a good session and being able to, if need be quickly put together a map that still looks really good without having to take the time to manually plot out on graph paper and whatnot. It's such a time save that I have found allows me and frees me up to spend more time developing the lore, the characters, the things that I will keep as the theater of the mind aspects of a session that I don't necessarily have to worry as much anymore with, okay, I have to spend an hour, two hours, three hours for big encounters on this, this really nice looking map. I can just do it very quickly, very easily with little issue with dungeon alchemist and, and I'm, and I'm off. I'm, I'm just ready to go. And it's been such a blessing to, to be able to have that extra time to focus on the lore and not have to worry about the minute details of, of the map. So thank you. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. It's, it's exactly what we're aiming for. Uh, did you, did you have a, a chance to try our stupid magic table? For example, I have not. 
there there is a, an item in Dungeon Alchemist that's called Stupid Magic Table. And now we have a search bar; <laughs> you can easily locate it. <laughs> and uh, every every time you put it down, uh, there there's something different on top. And that is that is more or less exactly uh, the the concept that I'd like to apply to Dungeon Alchemist, and that is the idea that mm-hmm. you you can create something. That, that takes it one step further and with, without uh, outlining the exact specifics gives you the exact inspiration to to start building a pump. And if you have a chance, uh, I, I highly recommend uh, placing I, a couple of those stupid magic tables to get an idea. <laughs> I will. I will. I will be sure to do that right after this. Um, with what's been the most, su- the biggest surprise to you in developing and creating dungeon alchemist whether it's uh, a difficulty in creating something that you thought initially would be easy or um just something you weren't expecting what's been the biggest surprise during this journey for you <laughs> creating dungeon alchemist uh, that isn't a cheese ki- cheese church i can i can answer that but you're not gonna like the answer <laughs> <laughs> by by far the most uh, the most uh, in, involved and harassing issue uh, during this was was taxes and administration <laughs> uh, because uh, we had we had so many backers uh, we we were supposed to, to uh, track all of them for uh, the Belgian administration mm-hmm. and of course we, we want to pay the correct amount of taxes so all of that had to be uh, uh, had to be calculated by country and by state of residence. <laughs> Wow, uh, which which uh, was was uh, definitely some some work involved. I, y- I mean, yeah. the European tax system, for example, is uh, something you can spend ages in uh, trying to understand. <laughs> hmm. I I imagine taxes weren't on the forefront of your mind when you started or you put together the Kickstarter. Uh, well, a word a word of warning <laughs> there. Uh, Kickstarter doesn't uh, take that much care of taxes for you a lot of those things you'll have to manually do yourself <laughs> oh i i can imagine how that quickly would become a massive headache with uh yeah the 50,000 plus backers you have the 57,209 backers you have i imagine that uh I can see why that was the biggest challenge. Well, uh, we, we've had some some great help there. Uh, KPMG has been helping us out in uh, filing taxes and uh, making sure everything is above board and correct. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure whether we would have been able to do so without their help. <laughs> not <laughs> well, that amount of people. Well, that's good you had them. Uh, props, it, it always makes things nicer when you have people that you can depend on and uh, help help you with things yeah, a, a, project, sure. a project of this scope uh, i think i think one of the things that was hardest for me is uh, is allowing to uh well to outsource uh, uh, parts of the work uh up until dungeon alchemist i had been doing most of it myself mm-hmm. and Carl as well and uh, letting letting things go uh and uh, taking more of an art director's function is, is definitely something i had to grow into myself was it difficult to, for you at all to kind of hand over the reins to the, to this 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 baby project of yours that you had put so much time and effort into into the hands of freelancers? Mm, well, 
I, I'll, uh, I'll definitely admit I had some difficulty <laughs> letting things go, but uh, the, the freelancers we've been working with uh, have, have been nothing short of amazing. Uh, we've got uh, the, the very talented Kat Van Tillo working for us, Aiko Nabarro, Bruno Lebrun has been helping out. Uh, nowadays we have Elina as well. Uh, well, all those people, and I'm not even mentioning uh, the illustrators because we've got some really talented illustrators there as well. They, they've been a, a huge, uh, a huge amount of fun to work with, and and really inspirational as well. So on one hand, there was the letting go. On the other hand, it, it was very nice to see the the quality people were able to come up with themselves as well. You've certainly put together a a wonderful, wonderful, great looking product. But I'm curious, like looking forward, this Dungeon Alchemist is still in early access. What do you want the future? Like, what does the future of Dungeon Alchemist look to you? <laughs> uh, well, we we always set out this project uh, to to enter uh, the the world and and stay there. Uh, I mentioned before that we we see Dungeon Alchemist as a sort of platform to expand upon. Uh, and that is that is exactly what we're going to be doing. We've promised some things during the Kickstarter with all the stretch goals we reached, mm-hmm. and uh, now we we are uh, powering our way through the stretch goals uh, to to get everything we promised in there. Uh, well, what what we will be doing is is adding uh, everything that we promised free of charge to, uh, onto the, the the Steam copy. So if if you purchase Dungeon Alchemist now, everything that was unlocked in the stretch goals is going to be added for no extra cost. And the idea is basically to to expand upon that that very basis of Dungeon Alchemist for the foreseeable future. So uh, if if you're asking me to look at the future, I'm I'm very much hoping we'll still be around in 10 years, 15 years, and and ever building upon something that is is there and ever improving that, that software. Well, I I hope you you all will be around as well. And I'm curious from if unlimited resources, unlimited money, what have you, what would be a dream feature for you, regardless of how long it would take to complete or whatever? What would you love to see 10 years down the road? What's a feature you would love to see in Dungeon Alchemist? Well, uh, we have a a lot of features uh, coming up already. Um... Hmm. That, that, that is a, that is a good question because uh, every single feature uh, I've thought about as being nice is something that is on the roadmap already. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, what's off the trail? What's off that roadmap? What is off that roadmap for uh, the time being? Um, that is a that is a good question because we've we've had uh, questions coming in from every single direction. Uh, people people see this being compatible with augmented reality. People see this being compatible as a, as a full fledged virtual tabletop. And I don't want to exclude any of these options uh, because mm-hmm. basically we'll keep on building until well <laughs> for the foreseeable future. <laughs> uh, one thing I, I would like to see. Um, no, you you got me there. I I can't think of a single feature I'm not already planning to implement at one point in time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that works too. That works too. You ha- you have enough on your plate right now. I don't need to be saddling you with another frivolous thing. Um, one thing I'd like to see is roofs, like being able to make just auto generate roofs to 
to the to the rooms I make. Yep. So I can print those out and and put on put them on top so it covers the room inside. Yep. Uh, that is that is an oft requested feature and uh, something we'll definitely be doing as well. Uh, we we have to find out a way to make uh, multiple floors work above each other, but that was always the intention from the start. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, one thing I personally like to uh, see happen is uh, leaving the the, the square uh, grid somewhat. Uh, if, if we mm-hmm. have an open space with a terrain, I'd very much like to be able to turn the grid for a certain house or something, uh, so as so as not to make everything as rectangular as it is now. Well, that would be cool. I I and I will anxiously see how your tests and uh if if that ends up panning out for you but yeah there, uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether you had a, had a look at the roadmap but there is definitely some fun stuff coming up uh where we're going to be doing ships of course with the ICs. Mm-hmm. Uh, i like the i like the big red button i <laughs> concept where you just press a button and it auto generates everything for you that that sounds very nice the uh the fun with objects Every, i hate lava but your everything is lava uh, sounds pretty cool. Uh, we, we have uh, we have a mind on uh, including caves in uh, the everything is lava stretch because uh, caves is something we haven't gotten to a point we're satisfied with yet. So uh, implementing the caves in the everything is lava stretch is definitely something we'd like to be doing. Well, I, I have full confidence in you and the rest of the team that you'll be able to to pull it off with flying colors uh, well, in spectacular fashion. Uh, please, please feel free to uh, to include any and all suggestions you have or things you'd like to see in, into uh, into our suggestions channel. Uh, Discord is running an active suggestions channel, and uh, that links to uh, the website where you where we use Upvoty. So if if any suggestion becomes popular enough, we'll try to do our best to get it included. Well, good to know. Good to know. I'll be sure to include the link to your Discord down in the show notes for this episode as well, so people can check it out there, too. Um, Real quick, though, slight side tangent. I I love your discord avatar is that one of your your characters you run you you play uh uh the well i i swapped out that, that picture in the early days and i never got around to swapping it out again so now i'm kind of stuck with it uh but uh, the cat character you see is uh called subifin uh and that, that is a cat folk i was i was playing at the time for uh the pathfinder hell's rebels campaign oh cool I'm not. It, I'm familiar with Tabaxi from. So I have much more of a background in uh, Dungeons and Dragons than I am in Pathfinder. So, what's kind of what was your character's backstory? What's this cat folk's backstory? I'm, uh, I'm intrigued now. Well, bas- basically, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you you may or you may not have noticed that there's a strawberry cupcake sitting on his shoulders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the the thing is. Uh, 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 Subifen has, has always been uh, possessed by one of the evil deities of Pathfinder universe, mm-hmm. uh, by by Zon Kuton, and he was he was acting under his influence when uh, one one of the other deities, uh, Desnas, uh, decided to intervene. Uh, he's, he's a shadow oracle, and he got his dark powers from uh, the evil deity at the time. Uh, he's, he's the he's the son of a of a baker, uh, and and uh, well, and the the heir to the bakery called Mookie's Cookies. 
and uh, well, when when he was he was out to set his parents, well, to uh, to murder his parents uh, one night under the evil influence of Zon Couton. Uh, Disney interfered, uh, manifested in the form of a cupcake, and uh, controlled him bef- before he was able to murder his parents. And ever since, uh, the, the the cupcake is staying, and he's, she's she's guiding him along uh, onto the Akashic Records, uh, which which is kind of uh, the Pathfinder place where uh, all the the life's histories and fates of the the universe uh, are are uh, stored. And uh, she's, she's taking him there to erase his name from the, the memory of Son Couton and to basically give him a fresh start in life without uh, the overwhelmingly evil influence. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, I, I bet you're sorry it, you lost. <laughs> no, not at all. This is I always love hearing about guest tabletop characters, characters they play, and the idea of like, what is in essence a guardian angel cupcake is genius. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun to play because, uh, well, basically, uh, Subi was always the, the kind of character that was more of a, a homeboy and, and not not very adventurous. Uh, rather stay home and eat cookies than go out on a <laughs> on a fledgling adventure. So. Uh, uh, Desna, being being the goddess of luck and fun, was the one that that pushed him out of his house, pushed him out of uh, the bakery, got him to the the town next over, got him into a drunken fight. That, that sort of mishaps <laughs> that that really added to the to the character development. I love the idea of a character being like, it, "I didn't want to do it. The cupcake made me do it." I, I love I love that premise, that that idea. But it, it is um, basically the thing. I've I've been driving my uh, dungeon master <laughs> Matt on, on more than one occasion. <laughs> this is, this that's that's a player's responsibility. That players are supposed to do that. Yeah, the, the, there's been some mishaps over the past <laughs> twenty years, <laughs> but, but all in all, in all, we're uh, we're still good. That that sounds like a blast. Sounds like a awesome, fun character. But for you listeners who have listened and are interested about Dungeon Alchemist, you can pick it up right now in early access over on Steam for forty four ninety nine. I don't know what's it. Uh, what's the uh, price over in the uh, European Steam store? I think we're at uh, thirty eight uh, thirty eight euros over there. But as I said, Perfect. it's been a while since I bought it myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll it's somewhere in there, but over in the US, it's about $45 on Steam. Now, for new creators, new dungeon and game masters that pick up have picked up Dungeon Alchemist, what tips or advice would you give them? Um, once they're their first boot up into the into the program well uh well as, as, as soon as you boot it up uh, you're like to uh, start with a meadow which is our uh, <laughs> very <laughs> lowest quality terrain available so uh, one one thing i would suggest is switch to another terrain as quickly as possible which can be done at the drop of a hat uh but if, if you want to start out with with something that immediately inspires uh i think you ought to go for the classics uh select select a tavern for a village or select a blacksmith for a village and simply start drawing rooms uh the the fun fact is that nearly everything is adjustable 
So if you're not satisfied with your first results, swapping it out for something else completely is, is no work at all. Uh, I, I would suggest for everyone that takes up Dungeon Alchemist to start uh, experimenting. Try try as much as is humanly possible. We've got this new toggle where you can turn off collisions, which makes well, which allows you to create every single thing you have in mind. So uh, go wild and have fun. Uh, we we can create maps in a couple of minutes. But uh, one thing I picked up from our users is that they start in ten minutes and then start building and keep building, and <laughs> before you know it, they're they're four hours into the program. So well. And just just enjoy the ride and see where it takes you. And be sure to join their Discord and share your creations. Yep, there there's do, a lot do that of people too. there. <laughs> Our Discord is uh, not only for Dungeon Alchemist, by the way. Uh, we we come together over uh, the application, but uh, there's a lot of chat going on in our Discord as well about uh, role playing games in general and the different tools that can be used to to facilitate. So. Even if Dungeon Alchemist isn't entirely your thing, it's definitely worth checking out. Good, good to know. Good to know. But well, thank you so much, Wim, uh, for coming on and talking to me today. It's been a lot of fun hearing about the history and kind of the process that's gone into Dungeon Alchemist. So thank you so 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 much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's not often that I do a podcast or or speak publicly or simply show my face outside of the door. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks for having me I've, I've enjoyed it immensely and uh, i hope your listeners did as well i i am sure they sure they will um it, it's been a wonderful time but where can people find you online what do you i mean what what have you recently released in dungeon alchemist kind of go ahead and plug plug away where can people find you uh well uh we recently uh, released uh, the abandoned ruins update uh, which basically features everything you'll need for a, a broken down ruin and a, an immense jungle setting. And I've been uh, looking all over for people to create foliage. And in the end, I had to end up doing most of it myself. And uh, there, there's a lot of flowers and plants in there I'm, I'm really very proud of. So <laughs> if you ever want to pick up abandoned ruins and have a look at uh, the parrot flowers, I'd be very much <laughs> obliged. Awesome. Well, be sure to do that. And because this is such a cool program, um, I am going to give one lucky listener. A, I will. I'm going to give away to one lucky listener listener a copy of Dungeon Alchemist. All you have to do is like the tweet announcing this episode and share what kind of map do you would you want to build in Dungeon Alchemist. And the next episode, um, I will announce a winner. So on. Uh, let's see, June 23rd, I will be announcing a winner um, of Dungeon Alchemist. So check that out. But for everything else, thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. I really appreciate it. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion. Or you can share your own favorite RPGs, memories, or maps directly with me on Twitter at ProfessorRPG. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, class dismissed. <laughs>